Welcome to Open Mic with Mike Sherbino, the show that provides Christian insights into contemporary moral and ethical values and dives deep into how your faith in Jesus changes the way you live your life. Now, here's your host, Mike Sherbino. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the program tonight. Glad you can join us. Uh, kind of a crazy weekend, eh? We get warm, and then we get a little cold, and we got a bit of rain, a bit of sun, but nonetheless, we're here. We got lots to talk about. And you know, one of the things that seems to be shaping people's uh, minds, shaping uh, how they're reacting to a variety of things, is a growing sense of fear. What on earth is going on? We've gone through COVID and, uh, and we're still not out the back door. You know, just as soon as we hear that, at least in Ontario, that masks are gonna be lifted by Sunday night at midnight, now they're talking about the next virus. They say, well, we don't think it's gonna be that bad, but nonetheless, you know, they're just, it's like they're the fear mongers. And then of course, there's even on a greater scale, a global scale, I mean, COVID is global, but now we're, we're trying to process as we come into the fourth week of the Ukrainian conflict and the horrific pictures, the stories that are coming out, and it is a heartache. It's just nothing but a heartache. And what can we do? And how do we process our own sense of fear? You know, is it going to jump across the ocean? And I wanted tonight to talk a little bit about fear. If you want to call into the program, maybe you got a thought on fear, or maybe uh, you want to just talk about what you're grappling with. The number is 1-800-684-2848. 1-800-684-2848. And, uh, and then the local number for our Buffalo friends is 883-5000. So... I thought just to kick us off in the program tonight, uh, I've asked Dr. Dave Sherbino if the last name sounds familiar. Uh, that's because it is. Uh, it's my uh, brother, Dave. He's going to come in and uh, he's written on many of these subjects. He's a um, professor at Tyndale University. He's pastored. He's a registered psychotherapist. <clears throat> and he's almost as good a hockey player as me. But anyways, Dave, welcome to the program tonight. Glad you're with us. Are you there? Yes, uh, glad to be here today, and uh, hopefully we'll have some interesting conversation on fear. Yeah, exactly. And and but when we're talking about fear, you're not talking about when I'm coming in as a forward and you're playing defense. Uh, that's not the fear we're talking about. Um, and people might think we're being stupid, but, you know, we do play hockey uh, against each other once or twice a week, so we have a little bit of fun doing that. But this is a huge issue, and it's shaping global economies uh, we see you know interest rates uh, going up we see gas prices up and down up and down but let's talk about fear and uh, why don't you kick off just give us a couple thoughts what are some of the fears that we haven't even been thinking about as we've been coming out of covid uh, what have you been seeing with the people you work with well there's a lot of different fears that people have been experiencing uh, more realistically over the last couple of years if you look at covid um, it has brought about a lot of loss. And fear is a bodily reaction that we have because of how we interpret certain events. So every emotion that we have comes because of the way we actually think. So it could be a thought. And often it's I'm fearful because I am uncertain or I am unsure about what's going to happen or I perceive something to be a threat. And so, for example, people coming out of COVID, uh, or even in the midst of COVID, because we're not quite out of it yet, as you indicated earlier, 
there have been many losses that people have experienced, the loss of health, the loss of income. Some have lost family members. The list goes on and on. And one of the fears that people ask will be this, how am I going to cope? Or what is going to happen next? I didn't know this was going to happen. It was so uncertain, and it happened. And then as I look to the future, what will it be like? Will there be an economic downturn? Will costs be rising so exponentially that I can't even afford to live? And so that can be an underlying fear that people live with. And then, as you mentioned earlier, we are living in a very tenuous situation with the Ukraine and what is happening with the Russian invasion of that uh, nation. And people are wondering, how is this going to escalate? You know, will there be uh, more loss of life? Will there be the destruction of that nation? Uh, let's face it, that nation is very rich in minerals. Uh, it has incredible farmland. And it seems that the Russian government wants to take over that. And then we wonder, will the leadership of that nation get to the point of doing uh, unspeakable things, such as pushing a button that could enter us into a nuclear war. And you hear some of the leaders, particularly in Europe and in North America, we're trying to you know, deal with that threat, but not wanting to push it too far for fear. And so yeah, fear so. can grab everybody. And then we wonder, how is that going to impact us living here in North America, whether you are Canadian or whether you are an American, because we're, we're next-door neighbors to each other. And we know that in the United States, it's one of the most powerful nations in the world. Uh, and how do they step in? How do we as Canadians step in? How does the rest of the free world step in? And so, so far, we've lived with sanctions. So let me jump in for a second, because as we're talking about all those things, and I want to talk about them, uh, I'm thinking two other conversations. And the one conversation was by a lady who said, you know, she said, there's just always, everything seems to be going wrong. And I'm almost, I'm living in fear of the next day. So park that thought, because I want you to address that. That's not talking about global things. That's just in their own life. And then I think of another family um, who, you know, by all appearances have it all together. They, they have a strong faith in God, but it has really been challenged because uh, their daughter uh, who seemed to be happily married and living the Cinderella story, you know, finds herself pregnant uh, by her husband and he just opts off and leaves her. So here's a young couple and she's in another country and they're trying to figure out how do we support her and they're traumatized by fear. Now, the reason I share those stories is that at least for the one person, they talk about their fear and they weren't even cognizant of what was going on around them. And these people were you know, they're leading professional people. You think they're smart. They should know it all. And I'm kind of wondering, why is it that when there's a global thing going on, there's a lot of people that just are clueless? Is that part of their protection method? Or are they just shutting down? Jump in on that one for a second. Well, yeah, sometimes, you know, we, if we think we don't know what's going on, then it's not going to impact us. So there are people, for example, who say, I refuse to watch the news. It just causes me to be so upset. And so that's their protection. That becomes their defense, which is, you know, they try to avoid the reality of what's going on. And the danger is that sometimes we, we look at events and we begin to magnify them to such an extent that we think this is going to happen to me. 
Uh, and, you know, it, it could be so impossible ever happening to you, but yet you have owned that fear in such a way. And then there are others who will minimize it by just ignoring it. And so there are people who don't want to watch the news and they think, I just don't know. I don't want to listen to it. It's not going to, I'm not going to be upset by it. So it goes back to what I said earlier. Your mind has to process what is going on. And as your mind processes it, this results in the emotional response that you are going to have. And so for some, it is going to be fear, which can be very negative. And so I would think that is a, that's a protective defense, but I don't think it's realistic because reality is in front of us. Now, I think with news stories, we've got to have it balanced. And we've had enough history of hearing about what is fake news and what is real news. Uh, so we need to know from reliable sources what is actually taking place. And here's the thing. You can only deal with that which is real because there can be all kinds of ideas that have no basis in reality, but they could be controlling your life. Okay, so let's deal with the big one. Let's say, because I think we know that there's some reality to the statement that there's a guy sitting in Russia who seems to have capacity to press that button and, yeah. you know, and light up the world. So how do I deal with that fear? How do I deal with that fear? Because I can't do anything well, here, think, or can I? Well, in a sense, I think there are several things that can that can help us to be active. And sometimes we sit back and think, well, there's nothing that I can really do. Uh, this is when I believe that our faith comes into practice, or when some people say the rubber hits the road. For example, let me, let me start with that smaller issue that you used as an illustration. The family whose daughter uh, is expecting a baby and her husband leaves her, uh, and the family thinks, why is this happening to us? Because we are Christians, there's no guarantee that life is going to be without struggles and difficulties and hardships and the unexpected. We are no different than anybody else. In fact, when you look at the biblical accounts, you will see many faithful people of God going through some really hard places. But that's when our faith begins to take hold. Uh, that's when the rubber hits the road. You see, it's wonderful to be able to talk about God and faith and all of these things when life is going perfectly well. But it's when we are in the hard places that our faith is going to have to be tested. And so if I am taking now the bigger global perspective, and I think that there could be someone who is crazy that could maybe push a button that could engage us in a nuclear war, there are several things I want to think about. First of all is, is that a possibility? And I suppose the answer is yes, because we have stored up enough nuclear armaments around the world that we could obliterate Earth. I mean, that's a known fact. The, the fact is, would, would this person do it? There is a possibility, I suppose. Will he do it? I don't know. But I do know that this earth belongs to God and that I, as an individual, want to place my trust in God day after day after day. So I learned to live with this reality that God is with me every single day. So that's one of the things I want to remind myself of that truth. 
This is one of the most common statements in the Bible as the promise of God. And the promise is this, I will be with you. And so I need to be putting that truth into my head alongside of the the unknown and the uncertainty and the fears that might arise. As you say that, let me just jump in for a second, because as you say that, it's interesting. You know, I Googled a few days back, what are the things we fear the most? And the thing that came out on the top on a secular search engine was the thing we fear the most is change. Uh, Just how things keep changing. We want things to be consistent, to be predictable. And yet people, more than anything else, fear change because it throws them off, which is exactly what you've been talking about. Um, we got another minute and a half before the break, but uh, carry on. Okay, so, yeah, you're quite right. We fear change because we have become comfortable. We have become used to how things are, and now our world is going to change. And so the world is constantly changing, and how are we learning to adapt to it? And so there are some people who will choose not to adapt, and they become very fearful and critical and negative about the realities around them. Or we learn to walk in a sense of confidence. And so I learned to to live with this truth, that God says, don't be afraid, I am with you. So in the midst of change, I live with this reality, God is with me. So our world has changed radically since COVID. Just think of all the changes that you've had to make in your life and I've had to make in mine. Uh, all the things that are now so different. And now we think we're just getting over this global pandemic, hopefully, and now we're faced with the possibility of another global incident, which could be, as some are talking about, World War III. Now, I don't want to be a fearmonger, but that is a possibility, I suppose. And the question is, how am I going to cope? Well, I can't cope with that until it becomes a reality. And in the meantime... I want to simply go on trusting God, living life to the full, and not allowing fear to control my life. Dave, we're going to jump in for a second. Uh, I just want to say you're listening to Open Mic with Mike Sherbin. I've got my brother Dave Sherbin on tonight. Dave is a pastor. He's an author. He's a professor at Tyndale University in Toronto. We're talking about the whole subject of fear and how it's shaping you, the fear of COVID, the possibility of a war, and just all the regular stuff in life that can come sneaking up to bite you on the back. We're going to be right back after a short break to talk about that. We're glad you're with us tonight on Open Mic. We look forward to you calling in at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Looking to get connected to a local church? Meet new friends and be a part of an exciting vision? Consider North End Church. We are now offering two services each Sunday to provide you with options and safety for when you gather. From kids to seniors, you will find it easy to connect at North End Church. We'll be waiting for you this Sunday at either 9 or 10.30 a.m. and can't wait for you to experience the greatness of our God with us. North End Church, 455 Geneva Street in St. Catharines, a place where everyone is welcome, nobody is perfect, and anything is possible. Real-life, unedited, authentic conversations are what you will see and hear on the new TV show called The Perspective. The Perspective with Mike Sherboneau airs daily across Canada and brings to your screen authors, musicians, bloggers, and more, all of whom are real about their faith 
and life journey. Plus, on The Perspective, you will enjoy Mike's teaching and biblical insights into all matters related to life. If you like Open Mic, you will love The Perspective. Check it out today at theperspective.tv. Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherboneau. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Hey, we're glad you're back with us tonight on the program. And apologies, we got a few audio problems and uh, it's all my fault. But uh, we're going to carry on with the program because we can't address it until the show's over. So bear with us. I'll try to be super, super quiet. And uh, we'll just uh, let the sound of my voice Wake either wake you up or put you to sleep. But we'd love for you to call in tonight. What are the things that you are afraid of, or how have you learned to deal with fear? And uh, we got Dr. Dave Sherbino. He's on the phone tonight. He's uh, our guest for the first half of the program. And uh, Dave is a pastor. He's uh, an author of numerous books and a professor at Tyndale Seminary. Um, Dave, let's carry on as we talk about. Uh, big fears. And uh, let's just take a few moments and let's talk about what's going to be our approach for handling COVID fears. And, and I'm saying that because, you know, we get to unmask uh, on come Monday morning. Uh, a week ago, I was in BC and they didn't have to wear a mask there a week earlier. It kind of felt like everybody was getting out of prison and it was great. Um, how do we deal with this? So, because suddenly now there's the next wave is going to come. How do you process it? Well, for me personally, and I'm sure not everybody is going to agree with this, so that's fine. Uh, but everybody's going to have to look at how they, what are their fears? So I think the first thing I would say is this, learn to address your fear. And can you actually name your fear? Because sometimes it's, it's kind of like a global experience, like, it's so big, we don't even know what it is. But I feel afraid, or I am nervous, or I have become anxious. So the first thing I would do is to specifically ask yourself, so what am I afraid of, or what is causing this fear? So you mentioned, for example, I uh, in a couple of days, we're going to be able to unmask in this part of the country, if you wish. So you might be in a large crowd, and you don't know these people. You don't know how healthy they are or how unwell they are. It might be wise for you, if you're feeling a bit apprehensive, to move slowly. Maybe you will wear a mask, but not requiring others to do that. So I think everybody's going to be a bit different, and we need to be sensitive to one another, and we need to be kind to one another as we move forward. Um, as as people get stronger and this virus kind of kicks out of our life, maybe another virus is going to come in. They're talking about that as a possibility, and that, that could be so. But our body is starting to build up immunities. But I need to look at things realistically and responsibly. And the other thing which I believe as a Christian is this. I need to address my care for other people. So maybe I can be very casual, and I am not afraid of the virus. But there could mm. be others around who are very sensitive and maybe don't have the same autoimmune system or they're not as, as well physically. Uh, I might need to be much more sensitive and caring around them. So one of the things that I have found is that, you know, going through this virus, there has been a lot of polarity. 
Uh, some people have been vaccinated. Others are anti-vaccination. Some want to be masked. Others want to be anti-maskers. And this put all kinds of divisions. And people are saying they are fearful of even saying anything because it could cause more division. So I think as a Christian that I need to be sensitive and caring for other people who are around me. And I know, for example, in a while I'll be taking an overseas flight. And I just intend to wear a mask during the flight, not because of COVID, but I think I've become so sensitive to the fact that there is you're flying in a metal tube for hours on end with poorly you know, circulated air, and you never know how many bugs and cold people got. So I just going to try to protect myself so I stay healthy. You know, okay, Dave. We got a bunch of callers yeah. that want to weigh in, so we're going to get let them pick your brain, right. and then we'll come back. So uh, first of all, so just hold on. We got Randy on the line. Hey, Randy, thanks for calling. How are you? Oh, good, Mike. How are you doing? Good. I thought it was you, and it's, now I know it's you. I can recognize the voice. Um, yeah, yeah delighted you called. Right. Yeah. Talk to us about fear. What are your thoughts? Well, I've been listening to the show and um, you know what I deal with. And I don't want to get into all that. But again, I, I go to the scripture with fear, Mike. And I, we're not going to deal with fear on a natural realm. Fear should drive people to the word of God. And your brother... Uh, alluded to a scripture I want to read from Isaiah 43. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And Randy, though, that, that's a powerful verse. And with your permission, yeah, I, I'm just going to take a sentence and explain to Dave. Dave, Randy's a pastor. Uh, he's dealing with a disease similar to ALS. And uh, it's, do you, how much movement do you have right now, Randy? None, really, unless somebody helps me. Okay. I can't move. I can get into my wheelchair, and that's about it. Uh, I need help otherwise doing just about everything. Dave, I'm going to throw it over to you for a second. Um, I mean, Randy has been a, a mentor to me on handling fear, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on how we, when it seems like everything is ripped away from us, uh, how do you process that? Well, I think Randy well, has uh, the nail on the head. Dave, the you start, the and then Randy can finish. Okay. Okay. I would say that that he has hit the nail on the head in the fact that, so remember this, as I said earlier, fear is a body response uh, to how we perceive what is happening to us. We could be unsure, uncertain. We could be threatened. And so... What I need to do is to challenge the way I am thinking. So what Randy has said is true, that he reminds himself of the truth of what God has said. And that word, that truth, that promise, is that which is going to speak to our fear. And 
that brings the sense of peace because God says, I am with you. When you go through the hard places, like the water will not overwhelm you, the flames will not destroy you. I mean, that's a metaphorical way of saying that God is with us, and ultimately we are in the hand of God, and he is going to protect us and care for us because we are his. doesn't mean we won't go through hard places, but in the midst of that, I am trusting what he has said to be true, and I will think on those things and rather than focusing on my fear. Okay. Solid stuff. Amen. Uh, Randy, jump in, though, for a moment, and uh, because you know that truth, uh, what's it like when you feel like you're choking, when you can't do anything? Uh, how do you calm well, your mind down? Speak to our listeners about that. I, I think I have shared with you before, Mike, I am a very early riser, and what I do is for the first at least hour to an hour and a half that I'm up, that is my time with the Lord. My wife's asleep. The house is quiet. I wear a headlamp so I can wear, read my Bible without turning lights on. And I, it's my time, and I, again, I go to the Scripture, Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And fear is something that I believe I've conquered, and I'm probably going to hate myself for saying that. But there's not a whole lot that I'm afraid of anymore. I lost friends during COVID. My wife and I both had COVID. We didn't go to the doctors. We chose to stay home. We had said if this is our time, we're going to go at home in our way. And the Lord raised us up, um, and I'm I'm still kicking, man. That's so. That's about all I can tell you for now, Mike. You know, if if, if well, you, Randy, if, it's if always in the Word of God. Yeah. If, if, if you're not in the Bible, if you're not changing your mind through the Word, see, that's what the Word of God does. It changes your your thinking. It it, it gets your mind off of what you were on what you should be and who you are in God now. So cool. Randy, you're, you've been an inspiration to me and I know to many others, and I've shared your story with our church. I'm glad you called in tonight. Uh, if anyone's qualified to speak on the subject, it's you. Bless you, man. And uh, we'll talk soon, okay? Thank you, Mike. Yeah, God bless you and your brother too. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Dave, we got one more call before the break. We got Marie on the line, and uh, we're going to talk to her. I mean, Randy is, um, he's inspirational to me, what he's going through. He really underplayed it. He is, um, yeah, he's come on our television program, and he's shared at different times, and uh, it's amazing. Um, just gives fear a whole different perspective. Okay, we're going to talk to Marie, and... Uh, there she is. Marie, thanks for calling in. How are you tonight? Oh, thanks for letting me share. To God be the glory. And just like my brother Randy, first thing in the morning, I get in the Word, and he prepares me for the day. And somebody put it this way. Fear is false evidence appearing real some of the times. And uh, when I fear God and I praise Him, He raises me up. 
and I stay in his word, I get the mind of Christ put in my mind, and I'm um, encouraging Christians to spend time in the word every day and study it every day. There's no fear of what's happening. It's all in the Bible. When you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, just like Esther, he has been, he has created me to accomplish his will. Okay, let me jump in for a second. Okay, so I appreciate those thoughts. You're bang on, right on. Let's have a dialogue, okay? I I got four preachers on the line, so um, you got a question for Dave? You got a thought? Maybe we can, you've shared a couple of good things already. Any thoughts about what we've talked about so far? Or Dave, do you got something there? Well, I think that uh, sometimes we always look at fear in a negative way. We also right. need to realize that fear can also be a gift because there are some situations that can cause us serious harm, and fear is the reality that wakes us up. So, for example, if I'm walking down a back street at night and I hear a, a large dog growling at me, my heart is going to start racing because I'm perceiving that this dog could hurt me, and that has that is real possibility. So what am I going to do? I'm going to take evasive action. So we also need to realize that fear is an emotion that can also be a gift to protect us. So we, you know, we have little children, and we're teaching them how to cross the street. And we tell them, look both ways. Don't go when there's a car there, because you will get hurt. You could get hit, and a lot of terrible things might happen. So that's the other side of fear that I think We need to keep in perspective. So God has made us so that our body can react to situations. The question is, how do I interpret those situations? Are they going to control me, or are they going to be situations where I'm going to look at it a little differently? So in Randy's case, he has chosen to replace the fear with the truth of knowing that he belongs to God, his life is in the hand of God, God walks with him. For me, if I'm hearing a dog snarling at me, I'm not going to go near that dog because that's not a wise thing to do. So fear there can also protect me. So the things be both sides. And uh, right. then Good. there are also the fear, the fear junkies. You know, why do they go to places like Wonderland or Six Flags and get on a roller coaster that scares the daylights out of you? And there's an <laughs> exhilaration because... That's the body releasing dopamine. <laughs> and then they say, let's do it again. Let's scare ourselves to death. So there's some different sides to fear that we need to keep in mind. Now we needed to hear that, a little levity. Marie, you got a thought before yeah. we uh, go to the break? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, that's right. And, you know, uh, the suffering sometimes God allows in our lives to um, make us more like Christ. And we accept it, and uh, we just say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to learn through this, I say to him. And just like the Apostle Paul, he rejoiced in his weakness, in his sufferings. And I've learned to do that. And uh, to God be the glory. Thanks for letting me share. Maria, thank you for your call tonight, as always. Hey, Dave, I just want to thank you for being on the program tonight. Um, I'm going to give you the last word before we run to the break, okay? Well, I would say this. Own your fears. Uh, In other words, acknowledge what they are, but also own the truth that you belong to God. So I love these words from Romans 14.8. If we live, 
we live unto the Lord. If we die, we die unto the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord. So what Paul is saying is that my life belongs to God, and therefore I will choose to trust him in every situation of life, because I am his. Well, as always, thanks for coming on the program. It's a privilege and an honor. And I love you, brother. Talk to you soon. You're listening to Open Mic with Mike Sherbin. We're going to be right back after the half uh, with a whole different program. So stay with us and uh, be ready to call in. We'll be right back. Real life, unedited, authentic conversations are what you will see and hear on the new TV show called The Perspective. The Perspective with Mike Sherboneau airs daily across Canada and brings to your screen authors, musicians, bloggers, and more, all of whom are real about their faith and life journey. Plus, on The Perspective, you will enjoy Mike's teaching and biblical insights into all matters related to life. If you like Open Mike, you will love The Perspective. Check it out today at theperspective.tv. Looking to get connected to a local church? Meet new friends and be a part of an exciting vision? Consider North End Church. We are now offering two services each Sunday to provide you with options and safety for when you gather. From kids to seniors, you will find it easy to connect at North End Church. We'll be waiting for you this Sunday at either 9 or 10.30 a.m. and can't wait for you to experience the greatness of our God with us. North End Church, 455 Geneva Street in St. Catharines, a place where everyone is welcome, nobody is perfect, and anything is possible. Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherboneau. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Hey, we're glad you're listening to the program tonight. We've been talking about fear in the first half of the program. We're going to take a little different twist now. I mean, you're still welcome to call in and make your point. Uh, a couple things I just want to throw out there. If you have a sickness, if you have a need, you'd like someone to pray for you, I'd be glad to pray for you. It'd be an honor. And uh, just fully expect that, that God will hear our prayer. And uh, I live in the realm of the miraculous where I believe that God um, is able to do above and beyond what we can ever ask or think. And uh, I'm on a bit of a hobby horse lately. Uh, I just want to confess that to you, put it right out there. And I know that with COVID, uh, somewhat in the back mirror, rearview mirror, a lot of people listening have not yet come back to church. And um, I get that. I get that to a degree. If you feel health compromised or you're processing your own level of fear, uh, that's one thing. I think it's a negative thing when uh, Christians or anybody tries to uh, twist you and say, hey, you know what? If you had real faith, you would show up. I don't think that's the issue at all. I think we have to work through those things and we need to find peace and direction from God. But here is the reality. We were in a conversation earlier today with a, a young couple and we were talking about the fact that um, coming out of COVID, people sometimes don't know how to talk anymore. It can be overwhelming, exhausting. We don't, you know, you meet somebody and you want to shake their hand and you're not sure if you're supposed to shake their hand or if they even want to shake your hand. And then you're wondering if you've got infected. It's kind of interesting how all of that just keeps at us. And I want to encourage you that if at all possible, get and find a church. I know people are searching right now where um, a lot of the things that people have held on to, uh, their confidences in life have been shattered because of what's going on in Ukraine and the, uh, that conflict, what's happening in places like Afghanistan. We, we don't even talk about that right now, the horrifics that were there. 
You know, I'm thinking back five weeks ago, we were talking about the Freedom Convoy and should they do that in here in Canada? I mean, we're ready to pull our hair out about our politicians. So here's a question, a couple of questions right now. One is, have you ever left the church? If you've listened tonight and you've given up on church, I'd love for you to call in and talk to me about why that happened. Um, I'd love to hear your story, or maybe you left for a while and then you came back. And what brought you back? So that's an important thing. And we got calls already. It's 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Before we take our next caller, I want to read you a story. Uh, some of you know Tim Keller at Redeemer Church in New York. And he tells a story of how a woman came to his church. He said that in her work, she didn't handle something properly and she should have lost her job. But her immediate boss went to his superior and took the blame. He said to his boss, it really was my fault and I could have trained her better. And he had enough vested in the company that he could use that as leverage. Now the woman came to him later and said, thank you so much. Why did you do that? And he said, oh, it was really nothing. But she persisted and said, why did you take the blame for me? And he said, really, ma'am, it was nothing. Finally, she said, listen, I've been in this dog-eat-dog environment too long. Lots of times I've had superiors take credit for something I have done, but never had I a superior take the blame for something I have done. And the man finally said to her, okay, only because you've been pressing this will I tell you. The reason I did this and took the blame is because I am a Christian, and as a follower of Jesus, I know that he took the blame for my sins, for what I have done wrong, and that's why I did what I did, because I have had it, done for me. And that lady said, where do you go to church? I want to come. That is making folks the invisible God visible. That's how we help people to find and follow Jesus. Oh, don't you just love that story? I hope that story is your experience. I'd love to know if you've given up on church, why you did it, and would you ever consider coming back? And uh, we got uh, somebody on the line right now. He's calling in from Ottawa. So I've got to be listening to online. We got John on the line. John, thanks for your call. How are you? Oh, 60, 40, mostly okay. In Jesus okay. Name, yes. Uh, well, what, what are your a, thoughts? Uh, well, I, I have a kind of a general question, but troubling me for years as a kind of a lukewarm Christian has come back in my last days. But uh, I don't know if, it's a complex spiritual question. Is that okay? Well, we'll take a couple minutes. Fire it out there as quickly as you can. Thanks. I'm glad you've called. I was wondering, uh, I was wondering uh, after Jesus rose again, why did he not destroy the devil and his angels? Hmm. Well, because... I thought he did. I thought he defeated. I talked to a lady friend, very strong, devout Christian, and she said, he just, Jesus destroyed the devil, defeated him, but not the angels were allowed to stay on. That's what she told me. But I don't know if that's the correct answer or if there is an answer. Well, maybe, I don't think that is the correct answer, but here would be a quick response from me. Um, what Jesus did when he rose in victory over, right. the, over the grave is that he has defeated Satan's ultimate power, which is death. And we were talking earlier on the program about fear. That is why, as right. King David wrote, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because the Lord is with us. 
Why didn't Jesus destroy the devil at that point? I believe because we see something deeper. We see the love of God. And the love of God is so great that he would not force any of us to follow him. Now, God knows all who will follow him, but here's what we need to think about. If he destroyed um, Satan at that point, then we would view God as being uh, somewhat of a benevolent dictator who has given us no option but to follow him. What we have is the choice. That's why I do this radio program, to make people aware of the choice that is theirs. And Jesus has said the day is coming when he will return and Satan and death and all his hosts will be forever destroyed and cast into the lake of fire. And that will be the end. But at that point, it's those who have chosen to love Christ who will be with him forever. And Jesus Amen. extends that invitation. He extends it to me. He's extended it to you and to all who want to listen. But we have to make that choice. And so my understanding is that we would never fully understand the love of God because he's not forced us to love him. He's given us that option. And that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. He gave Adam and Eve the option. They chose to disobey. And we see his incredible love there when he said, okay, I'll send, I'll come in the form of a man. Jesus would come and bear the sins of the world. And we see the love of God there. Does that help, John? Yeah, it does. Uh, I don't know if I can encapsulate what you said, but you, you helped me out to the point that uh, it seems that Jesus allowed the devil to continue to test our to test our devotion to God over the devil. We're still being tested while we're living. And like you said, it's a choice for Adam and Eve, and it's a choice for us between good and evil. Amen. Thank and I think if there, was, if there was no choice, it wouldn't be love. It's like marriage. You know, if I have a gun to my head and told I have to marry this woman, I mean, what's that all about? No, it's a choice. And that's actually the whole oh, marriage yeah. analogy. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. I, I appreciate it. Uh, and I just have one little passing request, if possible. Yeah. I would be very touched if you would say a prayer for healing for all people that are suffering, be it in Ukraine or everywhere or anywhere. I'd really appreciate it if you could say a prayer. We could join you on radio. Thank you very much, Mike, for your ministry. Thank you, John. Okay. No, I'm going to do that as we hang up. Okay. Appreciate that. God bless. So that's a great way. Uh, I think it's a good way to we'll segue into the break right now. But let's join together in prayer. And um, why don't we just pray together? Maybe you've never prayed in your life, but I want to invite you to do that right now. And uh, just to quietly join with me and we'll say, um, Dear Heavenly Father, we ask in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus, the one who is the example of your love, I pray that your love would capture the hearts of those that are doing this great evil against the people of Ukraine. I pray, God, that you would bring peace between these two countries. We pray that you would bring peace to those that are grieving the loss of loved ones. 
We think of the people in Ukraine who are dealing with horrific things. We think of many of the people in Russia who have been forced to go into this war and many have lost their lives and their families are grieving. Father, there's pain everywhere. And so we would pray that you, the Prince of Peace, would uh, come and that this war would come to an end. And we would uh, just pray very specifically that uh, President Putin would stop what he is doing and that he would repent as well. We ask these things, Lord, in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, folks, you're listening to Open Mic with Mike Sherboneau. And uh, you know what? I just have a strong sense as we go to the break that there's somebody who's got a heart condition. Um, you're waiting to have bypass surgery, and we need to pray for you and that God wants to touch your life. So if that's you, I want you to get on the phone and call in. We're going to pray for you. The number to call is 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. We've been talking about a lot of things, and we're going to conclude the last 15 minutes right after this short break. Looking to get connected to a local church? Meet new friends and be a part of an exciting vision? Consider North End Church. We are now offering two services each Sunday to provide you with options and safety for when you gather. From kids to seniors, you will find it easy to connect at North End Church. We'll be waiting for you this Sunday at either 9 or 10.30 a.m. and can't wait for you to experience the greatness of our God with us. North End Church, 455 Geneva Street in St. Catharines, a place where everyone is welcome, nobody is perfect, and anything is possible. Real-life, unedited, authentic conversations are what you will see and hear on the new TV show called The Perspective. The Perspective with Mike Sherboneau airs daily across Canada and brings to your screen authors, musicians, bloggers, and more, all of whom are real about their faith and life journey. Plus, on The Perspective, you will enjoy Mike's teaching and biblical insights into all matters related to life. If you like Open Mike, you will love The Perspective. Check it out today at theperspective.tv. Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherboneau. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Hey, we're glad you're with us again. And as I was saying just before we went to the break, uh, sometimes uh, God just speaks into my heart about something and uh, I've learned to share it. Might sound kind of foolish or crazy. You know, uh, a couple weeks ago we were doing the program and I had a, a strong sense, uh, Bible would call it a word of knowledge, uh, a strong sense that I was to pray for a person, a lady who had a very bad headache on the left side of her head. And uh, she called in and we prayed for her. And then she, uh, she wrote me a note afterward and she said, you know, I was driving with my sister and we heard you say that her chair, the passenger seat was actually uh, in the back position, laying down because she was in so much agony. And she said with me, after you prayed, God healed me. And I praise the Lord for that because I know that he answers prayer. Sometimes we see the answer immediately. Sometimes it's a little longer. We wait. Um, I don't have all those things figured out. I just know I need to be faithful. So I pray for people. And if you're that person with a heart condition, you know what? We've got about 10 minutes left in the program. Call in. We'd be glad to pray for you. You see, what we need to do is to make room for the Lord. And we make room for the Lord to work when we become the people that he's called us to be. I think that, you know, as I look at my neighbors uh, and where I'm doing the program for tonight, I can look up and down the street where I live, the benefits of technology. Uh, I couldn't go over to Buffalo anyways right now, which is too difficult with COVID. 
Although I'm looking forward to going back over to the studio and doing the show from there. But as I'm looking up and down my street, I'm realizing that likely uh, a lot of my neighbors uh, have little or no knowledge or understanding of God's love for them. And so how do I speak to them? Well, I need to get to know them. I need to befriend them. God has called me to be a light in the world. And the other thing is, is that I, as I be a light, as you are a light to people, we're like that lady in that story I told uh, by Tim Keller, where she couldn't believe that her boss took the rap for her. And finally, when pressed, he said, the reason I did that is because Jesus has done that for me. And I, when that happens, you know what? I want to go to a church that is like that. It just man, it gives me a vision of what the church is to be. You see, where there is no vision, there is no hope. Actually, in the book of Proverbs 29 and verse 18, it says, where there is no vision from God, the people run wild. But those who adhere to God's instruction know genuine happiness. That's taken from the voice translation. Love the uh, simple English, that somehow when God inspires you with his vision, for what the church is to be and how you're to be a participant, people are going to be attracted and they're going to be attracted to the church. I believe that this is probably our finest time right now as we've come out of a, a very dark period and it seems that, you know, globally we're going into an even darker period. God allows the church to be his light and throughout history we've seen that when there's been intense persecution or when there has been plagues, as there has been, you know, the, the Black Plague and uh, many things like that where hundreds and hundreds of, well, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people passed away, um, the church still persevered. The church was God's presence in the midst of darkness. And so I'm asking today that, that you would be open to saying, God, give me your vision. Help me to give my life to things that count. We were just praying about Ukraine and I want to uh, take a couple minutes because we have that time right now to talk about what President Zelensky said and when he closed his historic address uh, this past week to the U.S. Congress and uh, a lot of it he spoke through an interpreter um, but then he he's had these words to say. Um, and he said them in English. He said, members of Congress, peace in your country doesn't depend anymore only on you and your people. It depends on those next to you and those who are strong. Strong doesn't mean big. Strong is brave and ready to fight for the life of his citizens and citizens of the world, for human rights, for freedom, for the right to live decently and to die when your time comes and not when it's wanted by someone else, by your neighbor. Wow. Uh, he said this. He said, now I am almost 45 years old today. My age stopped when the hearts of more than 100 children stopped beating. I see no sense in life if I cannot stop the deaths. And this is my main issue as the leader of my people, the great Ukrainians. What a powerful statement that he said. Suddenly his life was given to this greater cause. And folks, you know, you might as well play tiddlywinks for the rest of your life or chase a golf ball around 
you know, the optimum golf courses in the world. But at the end of the day, it's going to be nothing unless you give your life for something that counts, something greater than yourself. Yes, I believe God uh, is happy when we enjoy all the things that he's given to us. I believe the Lord smiles when he sees me riding my motorcycle down the road and he knows how much I enjoy it. But I'm going to tell you this, there is something far more. There's something far more. And far too often we go through life, we're overwhelmed by fear, we miss out on what God is calling us to do, to give our lives for a greater cause. Because you see, at the end of it all, we still die. Whether we have got to play golf all around the world, whether we've been able to take the greatest cruises and go here, there, and everywhere, but will you die fulfilled? President Zelensky inspired the world with those comments because he said, I know the cause for which I am living. You know, I think of a greater leader, and that was the Lord Jesus himself. And we read in the book of Hebrews, it says that Jesus, when he went to the cross, said, who for the joy before him endured the cross. How could Jesus have joy in the face of imminent death? Because he knew what he was living for. He knew that he was fulfilling the Father's will for his life. And when the church gets on target and the church discovers what it is that we are to be, then I'm going to tell you, it will become like a magnet to everyone around because people will be fulfilling the purpose for which God created them. I've watched that as I've seen people start ministries to, you know, single moms. Today, I had the opportunity to be downtown uh, St. Catharines, and I stopped in at Westside Church. And there I met a lady, her name was Jane, who on a daily basis will feed up to 150 uh, young mothers and their children. My goodness, why does she do that? Because she is marching to the beat of a different drummer. And could it be that the drummer in your life uh, has left you empty? It has left you dry. Oh, you might have so much of these world's goods. And you might even be a child of God. But you know what? You have not responded by saying yes to what God has been calling you to do. Folks, one little yes can be the tipping point. One little yes, when you start to look to Jesus, oh, that will change things. Do you remember John the Baptist? He said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And if you want to be inspired with a vision that's greater than yourself, then think about what Jesus, when he said, that the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. You know, my life motto is to help people find and follow Jesus. But just because it's my motto, my guiding principle, every day I got to dust the dust off it. I got to make sure the lamp is burning bright. When my anger, my bitterness, or my selfish desires take over, it clouds the light. It puts the darkness out. And that's not where God wants me to live. But you know, when I am doing what God created me to do, then I know that there's no greater joy in life. And you know, this past week, um, we celebrated St. Patrick's Day. 
Um, that was on the 17th, and, and there's a lot of people, at least in Canada, that are going to be part of a St. Patrick's Day uh, parade. Uh, it starts, It's I think it's tomorrow in downtown Toronto. And you know what? It's kind of a lot of revelry and stuff like that that, that I don't fully understand. Uh, but anyways, I'll just leave it at that, that. But hey, let me tell you something about St. Patrick. Because in addition to parades and parties, let's remember his story. Who is this guy? This is not about drinking green beer. Uh, this guy was kidnapped from his native England by Irish invaders back in the 4th century. So he was enslaved for several years before escaping and returning home. However, years later, guess what? God called him to return to Ireland as a missionary. He's thinking, you got to be nuts. You're going to go back into slavery. But he led, when he did that, more than 100,000 people to faith in Christ. And he became the patron saint of Ireland. And his death on March 17th, 461, is remembered each year on this day. But I would think that while people are reveling and partying, very few would realize that St. Patrick was the man who pointed people to Jesus because he had experienced the touch of God in his own life. But hey, there's more to the story. Irish Christians who were spiritual descendants of St. Patrick's ministry sailed to Britain in the following century, that'd be the fifth century, where they evangelized the heathen who'd overrun the country. And according to Thomas Cahill's How the Irish Saved Civilization, they single-handedly refounded European civilization throughout the continent. What an incredible impact. Here he was, he listened to the call of God. He invested his life. Hundreds of thousands of people came to know Jesus. And as a result, in the next century, those people went back and not only shaped the nation of England, but all of Europe. And so as we see what's going on in a global conflict right now, we need to remember that there have been people who have gone before, who have said, there's a way to live, and the way to live is following the one who is the light of the world, Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Can I invite you tonight to place your trust in him, to say, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to trust you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Write to me, mike at northendchurch.ca. I have some literature I'll send you that'll help you in this journey called life. And you know what? I would love for you to join me tomorrow at North End Church as I share more about this great subject. The preceding program has been sponsored by Find the Way Ministries.